Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening and a warm welcome to join 99.7 FM and to another matriculation of Springboard your virtual university. It's a beautiful Sunday evening and tonight we break into our entrepreneurship and business growth series to bring you an inspirational session themed Defying All Odds. Tonight you will hear the story of a woman's climb to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro and back. You may not have climbed a speed ramp or an anthill but tonight get ready to be inspired to climb your own mountain. The broadcast is put together by Legacy and Legacy, your preferred partner for world-class corporate training and your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. We are also privileged to enjoy media support from the Business and Financial Times and the Graphic Business, as well as technology backing from Dream Oval. My name is Albert Okran, and I'm here with my virtual academic board comprising the Registrar Comfort along with Matthew and Amos, we haven't climbed a Fajatu, but tonight we're talking about climbing. And from now till you graduate at 8 p.m., your personal value will shoot up. Springboard virtually connects a network of CEOs, business executives, corporate decision makers, and the most influential emerging leaders every Sunday evening on a journey of personal improvement. Our quest is to simply equip a new generation of African leaders and entrepreneurs using this medium of human capital development. Let me remind you of our five commitments for the, for the year 2015. And the first is to read a good book a month. The second is to attend personal development interventions. The third is to sign up to the SMS Academy. The fourth is to prepare your 20-year personal development and investment plan. And the fifth and not the least is to deliberately build social equity. Let me throw in the tip on the SMS Academy for today. We are on the number 19 of life's critical mistakes. Life mistakes number 19. Critical mistakes of life. And the number 19th one, which is the one for today, is that bitterness, envy, and vengeance, these three, they poison our hearts, destroy our creativity, and quench our motivation and zest for life. If any of these three is present in your life, they have the propensity to quench your motivation and zest for life. And they also can destroy your creativity and poison your heart. The three are bitterness, envy, and the spirit of vengeance. Tonight, we are dedicating the show to the celebration of the courage of one woman living out a dream. A woman from Prabil Street in Salt Pond just finished climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. What would make Le Professeur climb up to a peak of 5,895 meters above sea level? And if you can't picture it, just imagine a 5,000-meter race. This time, not horizontally, but vertically. Twelve and a half rounds on the pitch being run vertically. We will try to draw useful lessons about how to overcome obstacles in your road to achieving anything that you have set ahead of you in life. 10 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock and this is the road to Kilimanjaro. My guest tonight, Dr. Isi Ansa, she's going to tell us 
a bit about the journey, the before and the during, which is very important, and the after. Doc, welcome to Springboard. Mm, thank you very much, Albert. You're alive. <laughs> I'm alive and well. <laughs> for me, for me, this is very interesting because we, we got to speak just before you went. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. after we spoke, mm-hmm. I, I spoke very diplomatically, but after I hung up, I was asking myself, <laughs> what exactly... What, what is she looking for? <laughs> so now that you are back and you are alive, let me ask you publicly: What what inspired the decision oh, to claim Mount mm. Kilimanjaro? Mm. Um, I'd say a couple of things. Last last year, in a lot of my classes, you know, when I'm teaching and in my trainings, I keep telling people about stepping out of their comfort zone, do something that will push you a little towards your panic zone. And sometime in December, I went back to Facebook to check it. It was actually on December 7th. I put up a post that said, I want to climb Kilimanjaro. Who's, who's, um, who's ready to join? Yeah, I saw it. And yeah, you didn't, you didn't indicate you're no, ready no, no, to no, join. No, I, I need to climb something. <laughs> <laughs> An anthill like, or like, something. Like, yeah, like a, a crawfall <laughs> hill or something. No, uh-huh. don't start Kilimanjaro, you know. You know, but um, I decided I wanted to do something absolutely daring, something that was way out of my comfort zone. Something that would push me beyond you know, the normal, same old, same old. And um, Kilimanjaro came to mind. I'd spoken to um, Princess Umohatia. Mm-hmm. And you know, Princess has, she's miles, miles ahead of me when she's it comes to these crazy things. The uh-huh. You know, but I told her, you know what, let's, let's do this one together. So we're actually supposed to do it together, but she had something came up, so she couldn't. But um, it was just to push myself out of my comfort zone and do something different. And then also, as I thought of it and as I talked to people about it, the issue of fundraising came up. Well, why are you doing this? And then I figured, you know what, I should tie this to something that means something to me. Right. And so I have so many projects and it took me, it was a bit of a struggle trying to decide which project to focus on. But one project that's um, very close to my heart and we started working on it this year is helping senior citizens to write down their stories, autobiographies and biographies. And, um, you know, I figured, you know, this is a great, great tool and vehicle to raise money for that project. So um, we set it up and voila. Wow. So why, why climbing? I mean, there are several things that people, people do. You could run a marathon, and I know you, you have interest in that as well. But why climbing um, in I particular? Th- I think it's, for me, it's a little more symbolic, you know, than anything. Where last, two years ago, I did the Accra International Marathon. I didn't do the full marathon. I only did 10K. And I surprised myself, pleasantly surprised myself. I did it nonstop. And I hadn't really trained properly, et cetera, et cetera. It was dangerous. But um, at the end of the day, I was like, wow, I could actually do this. You know, 10 kilometers nonstop. I, I did it and I, I was fine. And so for me, picking something that was daring, something that was uphill, literally, um, was symbolic of, you know, being able to rise, being able to... Um, like you said, defy all odds um, to really move move beyond push way out of my my you know level of comfort and all that and do that upward. You know, so was, it, was it an easy decision to pick Kilimanjaro? I mean, um, I think when you're in that zone and you're going crazy in terms of ideas, um, Kilimanjaro seems like you know what? It's big, it's crazy. Let's do it. So when when you put it out there, what happened? 
I put it out there and then Sangu, so I climbed with Sangu, actually Sangu Delhi. He responded and said, you know, he's also been thinking of doing Kilimanjaro. So he let me know when, where, what. And um, so that was December, January we spoke. By February, he'd um, found a local company in Tanzania, Kilidove. And um, by March ending, we'd made payment. And by April, there was no turning back. You know, so it was done. And um, I traveled just around March. So I bought a few things, you know, warm stuff. Um, thankfully, when I moved back to Ghana eight years ago, I didn't throw away my winter stuff. So I still had winter stuff that I could pull up and, you know, and use. And that, that was so handy, you know. So we prepared along the way and um, come July. Um, now, you talk about no turning back. Was there never a point where you felt, what, what have I let myself into? <laughs> I mean, didn't you feel like quitting at any point? There were times when I thought, man, am I serious? I mean, can, can we really, can I really do this? And um, the good thing about putting it out there and making it public was it forced me to be accountable, which is one of the things that, uh, one of the biggest lessons that I take away from the experience where I had told people I was doing this for a cause. Um, I think leading up to it, I was more excited and scared and, you know, had all these mixed emotions. But once we made the payment, once we booked the ticket and it was time to go, for me, that was it. There was nothing that could turn me back. There are a few people who tried to discourage me, but um, I saw it as, look, I've made a commitment. I've said I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it for a purpose and just just do it. And it's a once in a lifetime thing. You know, I'm a curious person. I love exploring. So for me, it was something that I, you know, I said I would do it and I just had to go ahead. Right. 16 minutes past the hour of 7. And if you just joined us, my guest, Dr. Isiansa, she's a lecturer at Ashesi University. She's a CEO of Axis Human Capital Development Company. And today, she's not just that, she's also a climber. She climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And I'm just admiring her. I'll take a picture of her. She's looking slightly different. I'll tell you what. I won't tell you what it is. But she's wearing a t shirt that says, I read it and I said, Paul Paul. She says, no, there's a different way of pronouncing it. So please, for the benefit of our listeners, how do you pronounce this? this? It's poli poli. Poli poli means slowly, slowly. You know, when you're climbing, it's tough. So the guides, the mountain guides keep telling you, poli poli, you know, take your time. Slow and easy. You know, you can't rush. Also because of the altitude. Your body needs to get used to the altitude as you go higher and higher. Otherwise, you run into problems, you know, AMS, that's acute mountain sickness. And um, because of that, you have to go slowly. And there are times when we actually zigzag. So you go up and then to rest for the night, we actually come down, descend a little bit and then get your body to acclimatize. And the next day you go up and then come down a little bit. Is this not full of real life lessons? (laughs) Oh, yes. Many, many, many. Many, you know, one word. Just, just the, the zigzag, the way you describe it, you, mm-hmm. the hand movements, mm-hmm. isn't, isn't it full of real life lessons? Yeah, you know, and sometimes you just have to put a foot forward, step out there, try something different, and then you kind of come back, retreat, and figure out, do a little post mortem, okay, so what do I need to do differently, etc., and then you try again. At the end of the day, you may be going zigzag, but so long as you're moving upward, you'll get to the destination. You know, and um, I mean, there's so many things I learned looking ahead, forecasting, because the climb is such that you can't, if you look too far ahead, you get discouraged. If you keep your eyes focused only where your feet are, you won't go far, but you have to kind of go back and forth. So you look ahead when you're climbing, especially the rocks, 
you look ahead, um, get a good sense of, you know, where you're going, where you're headed. And then you, you know, begin to take one step at a time, one step at a time. And for me, I was actually telling my fellow climbers this was really important because for me it was forecasting, looking ahead, planning and knowing that, okay, I'm moving from sun to rock. Um, I need the rocks are bigger now. I need to climb over. I need to shuffle between, you know. And, I mean, there's so many lessons you can draw from just that, that practice, that actual journey. Now, before we even get to the actual climb mm -hmm. and, the, and the details, because I'm very curious. You talked about being curious. I'm equally mm -hmm. curious tonight. <laughs> so before we get into the climb and the nuances of the climb, I'm mm -hmm. going to take a step back to talk mm -hmm. about preparation. Now, somebody's listening out there and saying, listen, I'm also going to climb Kilimanjaro. I suspect mm -hmm. that there must be some preparation mm. required. Mm. What kind of preparation, what kind of resources, what kind mm. of programming was required okay. before you actually set out to fly? Okay. I mean, All right. So the logistic preparation, of course, required getting in touch with a local company, arranging the, you know, setting the dates, etc., etc., and... Um, getting the things necessary and this meant a lot of research i spent a lot of time reading you know reading about the climb and there are multiple routes up to uhuru peak and so i had to look up you know do a little research on the actual route we were using which was the rongai route and um the research got me to understand ams you know mountain sickness and um the need to buy medication ahead of the climb and take it um, learning about the cold weather. You know, as you go, it's colder, so you're told you have to get warm socks. I had to get winter socks, you know, heavy woolen socks, um, warm clothing, sleeping bag, you know, it's camping. You're really outdoors for the for six days at a stretch. And um, so logistically, I had to make sure I'd picked up things. You know, boots. Boots are the most important. Everybody told me, get good boots. Um, because you, as you, yeah, I did. did you yes, I did. <laughs> because as you're going, it's cold. Your toes need you need something that is sturdy, and you need something that can hold your ankles up. So boots that are a little um, above your ankle, you know. So logistically, I had to do all those things. Physically, um, one of the things that I did, which I think I I'm, I'm grateful to the person who suggested it, was I jog a lot. Right. And um, one day I decided to go walking and then I panicked because I realized when I jog, my knees are light. I feel very light. I keep going and I have no problem. I walked and I realized I could feel it in my knees. And so I panicked and I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to do a mountain. And the mountain, I'm not running up. I'm going to be walking, climbing. Um, I spoke to Ruth, Ruth Kwakwa from Ashesi and um, she suggested there was a gym close by. So I went there, signed up two weeks before Kilimanjaro signed up at the gym and told them exactly why I was there. Um, I have a knee that is weak and I need to build up before I go for this climb. So for the two weeks, um, I couldn't even make it every single day. But the days that I went, it was lower body exercises. So lifting weights with my ankles, with my knees, just strengthening my thigh muscles and everything. And um, <laughs> Forgive me, but I'm looking at you like a very crazy person. <laughs> I tell you, there were days that I was in there, I was thinking, man, will this work? But it came in very handy, you know. So um, physically, I just had to make sure that I was eating well and sleeping well just to be healthy generally, you know, because you don't want to get there and now discover um, things things going wrong. So physically, had to prepare. Mentally, had to psych myself up. Emotionally, had to psych myself up too because it was a roller coaster of emotions. The excitement and the thrill of it. 
um, then the fear of he, what if I go and something happens? What if and what if? And this was all, you know, before, um, ahead, of, ahead of the climb itself. Talking about fear, were there people you were very concerned about keeping the information from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I told my mother in stages. First, I told her, oh, I'm going to Tanzania. She presumed it was a conference and I didn't say anything. I just left it alone. And then about three weeks into it, I told her, oh, while I'm there, I'm going to be doing some outdoor expeditions, you know, outdoor activities. Meh, she was okay with it. And then about two weeks into it, I told her, well, while I'm there, I'm going to do a little hiking. Then the conversation start, started. Hiking? You're going to hike? Where are a hiker? <laughs> you know? So I, I had to tell her I was doing Afaja 2 the, the, the week after and everything. And even that, she wasn't too comfortable with. But I did Afaja 2 a week ahead of um, Kilimanjaro. Well, tell me about that one. Mm. So you did Afaja 2? Yes. Last month? I did a Fajatu, I think it was on the 30th of June. Right. Monday the 30th, yes. So that's about 2000. Oh, Monday the 29th, yeah. A Fajatu is, um, is 885 meters. 2,905 feet, okay. That's yes. for, my, for my classes several years ago. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, eventually I told her, I think about three days before, then I told her I used the big word I told her it was Kilimanjaro right. because I realized I'd been making noise about it and she would most likely hear it if not from me from somewhere else right you know so eventually I did tell her she tried to discourage me you know mothers are always worried um, but eventually um, the person she told to discourage me actually encouraged me oh. <laughs> and Some so praise. and so you know and so she decided okay well if she says she'll do it let's leave her alone and then I, I finally <laughs> finally got her, her stamp of approval. I'm sure she was very reluctant, but hey. Um, at a point, I told her there was no turning back because I'd made all the arrangements. Ticket was booked and I was ready to fly. And um, eventually, I mean, there's so many people who tried to talk me out of it. There are people who thought I was crazy. There are people who think it's non-Africans, Caucasians who do, do some of these things. So why, why are you doing this? You know, we, we don't do these things. And people would crack jokes about it, about, you know, Africans and superstition and jelly. If somebody's trying to chook you, this will be a good time for them to use this, you know, um, all sorts of jokes and issues. But um, um, when I look back, I'm really, really glad that I, I still went ahead and then, and then did it. You know, even though there were a few dissenting voices and there were a few times when I myself looked at it and I thought, wow, I mean, this is surreal. It doesn't feel like it's happening, will happen, but just I'd made too many commitments to look back. Too many commitments to look back. Let me give you the number <laughs> of words I've gleaned from your presentation so far. So the first one is about advertising, promotion, <coughs> awareness, and that is putting out the thoughts on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Second thing is about purpose and you said because you had tied it to an assignment mm -hmm. fundraising and we'll talk about that very shortly mm. um it it also created the motivation to do it then you talked about collaboration mm -hmm. sangudele and the word is collaboration mm -hmm. then you spoke about accountability because you put your goals out there in the public space mm -hmm. then you talked about commitment yeah because you had paid and there was no turning back <laughs> then you spoke about curiosity mm -hmm. and therefore exploration but the one that really caught my attention mm -hmm. was
poly poly because mm. you, you spoke about pace. Mm-hmm. You need to measure your pace. Mm-hmm. Then you spoke about evaluation because you talked mm-hmm. about zigzag. You mm-hmm. go forward a little, mm-hmm. come back a little. Mm-hmm. Then you talked about focus. Don't look too far because you'll be discouraged and don't look too near because mm-hmm. you'll be, you'll be mm-hmm. short-sighted. Yeah. Pace, uh, find the right positioning. And then, of course, you've spoken a lot about preparation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for a brief commercial break. When I come back, we'll talk about the actual climbing. How long did it take? Mm, this was the six actual, days. Six days, and how long was the preparation? Um, my uh, different levels of preparation, months, months ahead. So let's say yeah. approximately six months for a six-day climb, something like that. Yeah, or probably even more. Um, we'll mentally out. and everything, maybe that long. Physically, right. didn't do too much of that. <laughs> Twenty-seven minutes past the hour of of seven o'clock. Have you climbed anything in your life? And you so what is it? Are you thinking about climbing something and you are scared? 28 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock and this is Springboard of Virtual University right here on Joy 99.7 FM. My guest for tonight, Dr. Isi Ansa, who conquered Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> and she did it just to raise money to help Ghana's elders, the elderly, to write down their stories for posterity. Before we go to the actual the actual climb, the pain you had to endure. Let me find out. Why is this project so important to you? Very simply, um, I have a grandmother who was very, very active and in her last few years of life, she slowed down tremendously and it wasn't physical health that went down, but it was more of just mentally the fact that she had, she wasn't doing much and was in the same place. And then elections 2012, I noticed that none of the parties were talking about the elderly, senior citizens. That bothered me a lot. And um, this is actually my project for the Africa Leadership um, Initiative. And um, increasingly, I've been spending a lot of time with older people. I hang out with a lot of older people and I see things like mental health, the relevance. I see them being bored, idle. We don't have enough, you know, in terms of recreation, in terms of keeping them productively engaged. We don't really have much. And so... The, the changing dynamics where they're no longer a whole teeming you know, family at home to spend time with the elderly. They're there by themselves. They have a lot of neglected elderly. All these things kind of came together and increasingly my passion about senior citizens and issues that concern them has been growing. You know. how, how much money are you trying to raise? $15,000. That's the that's the target. Okay, so depending on which rate we use, you're looking at approximately. This could be a very tricky one. <laughs> But just for the benefit of mm-hmm. of our listeners, at mm. least we are looking at something beyond fifty thousand Ghana. Yes. Okay. yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Just so that we don't try to be too accurate and then people start using which rate do we use. <laughs> okay, so we're looking at over fifty thousand CDCs. Yes. What what do you intend to use it for? Well, the funds will begin or will launch the biography project itself. Right. We do have the first person whose biography we're working on is um, Dr. Mrs. Champong, the former um, headmistress of Wesley Girls High School. Institutional memory-wise, her own leadership lessons, I mean, a lot to share. 
And so we're going to, we have a biographer we've spoken to, we're contracting him to start, you know, working with her. We're going to get a laptop. Eventually, we're actually building a book club around this so that we can get more senior citizens to read together, sit and share stories, write their own stories. We're going to get laptops from them for them. We're going to do the process, you know, and then the publishing of the actual hard copy books. So that will be your investment in the elderly. Yes. Amazing, yes. amazing, amazing. Let, let's let's go. Let's cross over to Tanzania. Is that, is yes. that what you climb from? Yes. Okay. So why did you choose that option? Well, um, Kilimanjaro, I actually discovered later on, was is actually based in, you know, Tanzania, and um, you can climb from both Kenya and Tanzania. But Tanzania was the choice, um, I guess, because of the route that we we selected and the company that we're working with. Right. Yeah. So walk us through the journey. Walk okay. us through. <laughs> I, I'm interested in everything about. So when you when, when you get to Tanzania, what mm, are you, mm. do you need to sign okay. up something day by day? Then <laughs> right. How did you spend the six days? The six days. Right. So first we we had the Kili Dove tours. Um, we got in touch with Kili Dove, and one thing I loved about Kili Dove, which at the end of the journey made it even more meaningful, the gentleman who started Kili Dove, um, George, he was an orphan grew up in an orphanage so a percentage of all the profits they make from this company goes back to the orphanage and at the end of the trip we, we visited the orphanage and you know hung out with them a little bit gave it a whole lot of meaning uh, but anyway so Kilidav organized everything we left Accra I traveled through Rwanda which was a bonus because I really wanted to visit you know Kigali um, it's as nice as it is it is wonderful mm. <laughs> I'm looking forward to going back one more motivation you see you <laughs> So anyway, um, we left here on the 6th, um, transited in Kigali on the 7th, got into Tanzania on the 8th. Um, well, on the 7th and then on the 8th, that was the first day of the of the walk. So we drove for a bit and then got to Rongai Gate, you know, the, the beginning point. You have to go and there's a... They've actually done a pretty good job, the Kilimanjaro National Park. So you have to go somewhere, register, sign in all the licensing etc the tour company deals with so you don't have to get involved with that it's a very organized very industry. organized yes right. and i mean it has a lot of players though because um you see multiple companies doing the same thing right. um but anyway so we got there and on the first day um we had to start the walk and we're told we're going to walk for four hours and you know it sounds it sounds okay and then once you start walking and you're getting tired and they keep telling you you have to be drinking water as you're going 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 along and thankfully they've actually organized um kvips all along the way and so for each rest stop there's a place of convenience which made it um much much easier and so um we started there was the rongai route um, we got to the first cave, the second cave, and then we camped out for the night. Um, the last time I slept in a tent was when I was a girl guide uh, a few centuries ago. And so this was fun, actually. Um, first night spent in the in the tent, little tent, they pitch it, and, you know, at night it's dark. It's a little, well, I had a sleeping bag that was very comfortable. But then you can hear the wind howling outside. It's late at night, you really want to pee, and you're thinking, man, should I get out into the darkness? <laughs> any, any, any wild, any wild animals? <laughs> it was the first night, actually, we saw a big porcupine. 
and we shone the light on it and then it escaped and left behind one of the I've forgotten what they call it right. the quill yes right. left one big long one so one of the guys took that so that was that was you know a little bit of adventure so it's an motivation for Kotoko fans mm. to be <laughs> as a hearts of oak fan I'll just keep quiet <clears throat> so anyway um, then we went on, on that was Wednesday on Thursday we walked for about another six hours and we got to Kikilewa cave and this was another rest stop and then um, Mawenzi Mawenzi I think, I think was my favorite because Mawenzi is a mountain itself and it's beautiful very sharp pointing straight into the sky and um, it was a tough walk to Mawenzi but then when you get the the view and everything makes it absolutely worth it and um, we stayed there um, for a night and then we went to Kibo Hut Kibo Hut is the final the last stop is the base camp for Kilimanjaro itself so it's at the base of Kilimanjaro does it get more difficult as you go higher? Mm -hmm. it gets more difficult thankfully I think because of the medicine that we took it helped us with the we didn't feel well I personally didn't experience any nausea etc etc so we got to Kibo Hut and um, spent, so we've trekked all along. And then the last night, Saturday afternoon, you get to Kibo Hut, sleep. And at midnight, they wake you up. The climb is through the night. Wow. So from the base to the top. And the funny thing is, you look up and you see in the darkness, everybody has a headlamp. So you right. see a line of headlamps going up. Right. And when we started, you know, the pace was good. It was comfortable. We're just shuffling through. It was a little cold. And then over time, it becomes more and more difficult. You're shuffling. It's, it's, you're actually stepping in stand, sand, a mixture of sand and stones. So if you're not careful, your foot will slip backwards. And so you really have to shuffle. You have to be careful. If anybody had told me you could feel sleepy climbing a mountain, I never would have believed it. Wow. <laughs> there were times when my, my mountain guide told me, Essie, stop sleeping. I'm like, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> You're serious. <laughs> Seriously. Because at that point, your body's tired. Um, you're, you're climbing through the night. It's cold. Mentally, you have to stay awake and alert. If not, you kind of start slowing down and slowing down. You know, so you have to keep, you know, getting me to move. You know, I kept stopping because I was like, I'm tired. This is hard. This is tough. And so um, there were times when I, I stopped. I'd find a rock. And I'd settle on the rock and I'd tell him, Bruno, I've got to rest. I've got to rest. He's like, if you sit here, you sleep, it's cold. You get frostbitten. Let's go. And the word for let's go, 20. It's like, 20, 20, let's go. Come yeah. on. Oh, you're going to your pulley pulley. <laughs> you know? But um, we went through the night and the, the, should I call it deception for me? You climb to the top. And at the top, I mean, you see all the lights going and then they disappear. So I thought, oh, wow. Once I get to the top, that's it. And then we got to the top and I realized, man, the actual highest peak, Uhuru, is a little around the corner. Right. So you get to the top and you think you've landed, and that's just Gilman's point. And then, you know, Bruno had to keep, you know, let's let's walk up to Stella Point. That's the next point. It's, it's a little higher. And then we get to Stella Point. I'm sitting there thinking, man, why am I doing this? I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm stressed. And I told myself, there's no turning back, really. And so for me, at that point, I told myself, um, there's nothing like quitting. But if I have to get to Huru Peak on my knees crawling, I will do it. You know, so it took me a while. It was a long, you know, the group split up along the way. Um, Sangu and Ko did it in about, I think, 
six and a half, seven hours. I did in about eight hours. And um, climbing from Stella Point to Huru Peak. Um, it was a little... It was tough because physically I was worn out. But I could see the end point. Wow. You know, so that kept me going. And you'd see people who had gone and were coming back and were right. jumping and shouting and were excited. And so you'd look at it and see, come on. I mean, there's no way I can stop in the middle of nowhere. I have to keep going. You know, and then slowly, slowly, poly, poly, we got to Huru Peak. <laughs> Describe the feeling when you got there. Oh, now, man. finally, I am there. I, I don't think I, I have the words because up to this point I was tired I was hungry I was sleepy I was everything but it's almost like everything washed away wow. you know because just as I got towards it and there's the big signboard I felt energized you know I I actually did a small video clip right. I gave my the camcorder to the guide and then I took off my balaclava you know the, the hood I you know pulled out my flag I was so energized and I was like yes Ghana represented so I put up the flag and I was so energized I don't know where the energy came from I look at the pictures now and it looks so easy <laughs> you know when you look at the picture standing there smiling adrenaline <laughs> I tell you you know but it was it was absolutely worth it absolutely wow. worth it yeah wow. Yeah. What's the biggest lesson you've you've pulled from all this? Hmm. One, it's good and useful to submit to accountability systems. You know, for me, I think that's the biggest lesson because I'd made noise about it, because I'd made certain commitments. There's nothing like, oh, I'm going to cancel it. I'm going to postpone it. It never came up. You know, and I realized the value of that, the value of submitting to something bigger than yourself and then it forces you to keep going it compels you you just can't stop you know i just can't see how we can do this without giving our wonderful <laughs> listeners the opportunity to support this project you did all this just for the elderly yes any regrets no no way no 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 not at all not at all and the people i i'm you know working with my the advisory board for age everybody's excited and you know looking forward to the project taking off so there's nothing like um nothing like regrets at all absolutely it was worth it if i had to do it again um it's a kind of thing that you do once it's once in a lifetime you know so i could do this just once encourage other people to do the same and um beyond beyond you know doing it i'd find something you know maybe not, nothing as huge and audacious but um i'll find other challenges you know to 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 take on and then the other lesson the other lesson that i i picked up from this was you know the the being deliberate about things right. being intentional um, beginning of this year, one of the things, it's actually a lesson I put on Facebook that I was, I'd picked up from my boss, um, Dr. Patrick Ewa. He always says, you know what, don't say much, do it. Just get to work, do it. When you are done, then you can tell people how you did it. Right. So in other words, well done is better than well said. Mm. And so for me, this, this is a good lesson in that. You know, do it, and then once you've done it, you can, you know, think of the lessons, etc., etc. Yes, it's, it was good to make noise about it because it held me accountable. Um, but it was also important to get it done, you know. 
14 mm. minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock tonight. Literally amazed and starstruck by our good friend Dr. AC Ansar. And if you visited our Facebook page, Springboard Virtual University, visit Comfort's Facebook page or my Facebook page, and I'm sure Sangudele's Facebook page, AC Ansar's Facebook page, we've literally showed a chronography. Hey, let me be sure of the word I'm using. <laughs> There's a professor in the studio. <laughs> we've detailed the various various days and the activities just for you to travel the journey as best as you can with the help of pictures. But even more importantly tonight, we want to celebrate the achievement of somebody who stepped out to live the dream for the benefit of other people. Something she calls bigger than herself. If you want to contribute to this fundraising effort, you're looking for over 50,000 Ghana CDs. No amount is too small. Mm-hmm. No amount is too small. And that's what makes it's it very, very special. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, will, you will be surprised to find out her students have pitched in mm-hmm. a little 20 CD here, 50 CD here, 100 CDs here, 1,000 CDs here, $100 here, $500 here. Every one of us can make it happen. I can relate very much to this um, biography project because we've done mm-hmm. something like that in the past and I can tell how much value mm. it would bring to the nation mm. just in terms of preserving the thoughts, the history and the lessons yep. for posterity. Mm-hmm. If you want to contribute, there are three ways you can do that. You can either call Right on air at this point zero three zero two two one six five four one. If you want to comment Dr. Isi Ansar for what she has done and say, Hey, this one it is worthy of commendation, <laughs> and especially if you want to back it also with cash and say, Listen, mm-hmm. you don't even have to move, just ask us to contact you, and we'll be very happy to come and pick it up. But write down this number, just pick a pen or pick your phone and store this number. This is the very important number to store because after the program, you can actually call this number as well. But the number is right here with us in the station and the number to call if you want your donations to be picked up is 050 528 6262 050 528 If you don't want to call on air but you want to call us on this number to let us know you are supporting the project and you would like us to pick up your check or the amount in cash just do that and we will be very 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 happy to to come over and pick it anytime you ask us and the calls have already started coming in we are truly truly appreciative let us do this in style and tell our sister that Jale, she, all, she, 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 she literally put everything she has on the line for the benefit of other people and mm. that is what this is all about so the number to call zero five zero five two eight six two six two we'll put it on facebook as well so you can get the number to call mm-hmm. to arrange to pick up a donation just call zero five zero five two eight six two six two any currency is welcome let me give you some um, other way to get this done there the, there are various bank accounts echo bank ghana of course guarantee trust bank mtn mobile money airtel mobile money a credit card you can go to the indiegogo page and all these will be posted right away on our Facebook page, but they're also available on Dr. Isiansa's Facebook page. But critically, if you want any further information, the number to call zero five zero five two eight six two six two. Call now and let's support the project. If you also want to call us on air, 
And if you are planning to climb, you can also call into the yeah. show. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Are you planning to climb? <laughs> is there something that you are thinking of doing and asking yourself, is it worth my while? Mm. The number to call to mm. get on air is 030-221-6541. And that's the number to call. So, Doc, let's talk about the life lessons. That mm. From the somebody wants to climb, somebody wants to achieve something, they're telling themselves it's too big, it can't be done. What's mm. the big lesson for them in this? Um make an initial commitment you know i was thinking of how often i talk to young people and people will tell me oh i want to go to school this year or i want to go to school outside and i ask them what preparation have you made have you written the gmat have you written your acca etc and then the answer is oh i'll do it later and i tell them fix a date don't just be planning to do you know to write your acca sometime in the future fix a date Go and pay the money. Commit to it. The moment you do, you lock yourself in. And it forces you to actually stick to it and then go through with it. And um, that initial commitment, I've realized the value, immense value. So if you're planning on doing something major or even something small, make that initial commitment and let hold yourself accountable. I mean, don't just make the commitment and walk away, but use it to hold yourself to account. And then that, that's your biggest, first stepping stone. And that launches you. Right. What's next for you? Are you going to try the Everest? Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Everest. It's a, it's a natural progression. From Afaja to Kikuru, yeah. we, will supp- we will give you funds. We will yes. support you. Yes. We'll actually, will you, will we, you come along? We'll, we'll come along to the base at Kathmandu. <laughs> is that where it is? <laughs> we'll give you funds. We'll follow you with the Ghana flag and give you funds to the base you of know? the mountain. But you have the experience. Um, but, but at the back of your mind, is, is it lingering at the back of your mind? Um... I'm thinking of doing other things, not necessarily mountain, but just doing stuff on water. Um, a full marathon somewhere in the works, you know, things that will push me a little beyond. Um, I think the mountain climb was great. Um, perhaps the next time I'll trek across a desert or something. You know, Princess inspires me too, so you never know. You should get a two of but, you in the studio one of these days to do a comparative. You know? So, um, in terms of taking on big, hairy, audacious goals, yes, I will be looking for more challenges. Will it be a mountain? Mm, I'm not too sure. Let me, get, let me get the registrar in to make a commitment. We ourselves must make a commitment. At least I, I can see the calls coming through. And mm. I see many of you are opting to do the donation on the quiet. But that's okay. Let me, let me pull my boss in here to see if we can make some commitment. We have five people in our production team. Myself, Matthew, <laughs> Comfort. Comfort. Uh, <laughs> myself, Matthew, Comfort, and the registrar. Uh, uh, Amos and, and, and Inshira. So there are five of us. At yeah. least if we, if we do something, we can at least give something that... <laughs> That AC can can mm. carry away comfort. What, what what can we commit? Actually, commit she to talked least. about her frostbite. Yeah, <laughs> Ch- Charlie, post post post, post the climb. Post climb, yes. Post I tell climb. you, you I, have to go to the I well, I I will go just for a quick check because <laughs> I came down with frostbite. You know, I stayed. It was for me. It was a total of about eight hours going up, and um, eight hours below zero, freezing literally, and in, so in, in Africa. In Africa, yes. And so the frostbites um, came back with me. And so toes are, you know, swollen and, you know, stiff, but they shall be taken care of. Right. Frostbite, so, yes. so you can't wear shoes. How many, how many, how many toes are frozen? Well, the two big toes are frozen. The rest have thawed out nicely. <laughs> 
Okay, so we have 10. <laughs> so if we donate 50 for every toe, how much will that be? <laughs> 500 guarantees. <laughs> what, what about the What do you donate to the haircut? We should also donate to the haircut. Yes, add another 100 for the haircut. Another 100 for the haircut. Okay. Is, so that, is that a poly poly haircut? Poly poly, yeah. Okay, so we have like poly poly. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so that means that um, Springboard is donating 600. 600 Ghana cities. 50 to, for every toe. Yes. And then 10, 10 for the, <laughs> 100 for the haircut. For the haircut. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. <laughs> All right. And, and, and Matthew has also added another 100. So we've raised ah. 700 in the studio just okay. now. Okay. Wow. Thank wow. you. Any more takers? Amos. Amos. 100. Okay. Another 100. So we've got 800. Wonderful. On, on, on air. <laughs> Okay, 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 so add, add, add another 100. Nine hundred. We should also finish a thousand. Who would bring no, that? Add 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 okay, so we finish with a thousand then. So a thousand Ghana City check goes to Wonderful. The, goes thank to you. The thank you. Of Ghana's thank elders you. tomorrow, and the, and the calls are still flowing in. Flowing, flowing in. Please, the number to call again. In case you say you missed the number, zero five zero five two eight six two six two five two eight six. That's the number to call. And take note that no donation is too small. small. Mm. And if you want to send it by MTN mobile money, just in the comfort of your home without calling us, the number is 024-344-4956. 956. The Airtel mobile money number is 026-117-2650. Let me ask Dr. AC Ansar to give us her closing thoughts. It's been it's been just an instructive and inspirational time for me and i'm sure that the next time my our listeners here i'll be climbing something i don't know whether it will be a mountain but it definitely will be something <laughs> as your closing thoughts um i'd encourage people to explore step out there and explore you know one of the things that i realized was 90 percent, no 99 percent of the people climbing were all non-african Wow. And our team were four people, three Ghanaians and one Jamaican. And I asked the tour, tour guide, you know, the mountain guide, when was the last time you had a black group? And he said five years ago. Um, and so, I mean, everywhere we went, I was like, oh, wow, mm, Africans, this is, this is not something that Africans do. And it made me realize how we don't explore, even locally. Um, putting, putting, pushing ourselves and exploring. You know, you in Ghana, step out into the different regions, see the rest of the of the country. It, it's it's really important. And for me, it was heartbreaking and exciting at the same time that you know we don't do this enough as Africans. And um, I'd encourage people. Um, you can start locally, Afajato. Start with stepping out of your comfort zone within this space and then graduate to you know Kilimanjaro excellent we should do this again AC and when you've mm. when you've taken off with a project we'll come back into the studio and actually look at the progress oh, that has been made great. and probably bring a couple of the elderly people to tell some stories and I'm great. sure our listeners will even be, be, be even more inspired but Wonderful. if you want more information about how to <clears throat> contribute to this the website is www.ageafrica.com yep it will show you all the the means to donate just in the comfort of your home with your phone. Just log on to 
ageafrica.com. It will give you everything that you need to know about how to support this. I want to commend our listeners for the number of calls mm. that have come through. Wonderful. We have some numbers, but the calls are still flowing, so we are not able to put out the full amount. We wouldn't mind next week coming back to give you some more information, but please let's do this together. One thing, we, at least I can say that we are doing as Africans is calling and supporting. Mm-hmm. That's what we are doing. It's a climate that we'll do, we'll do better about. But the number again, just before we go, 050 528 Dr. Siasa, as always, a pleasure. Mm having you. Thank you. Thank you very much. This closing song I want to dedicate to some very special people that I would like to celebrate. Some are celebrating their birthdays today and I can't go without without celebrating them. My mother-in-law, Flora Wintun, today is your birthday. It's just a beautiful day. We thank God. I'm going to play this song by Danny Netti just to send us out. You know that song is always a big one. Africa Turning Point. I want to celebrate Reverend Mrs. Patricia Sapo. You launched your book yesterday, the the married the, the the Christian woman. Fantastic book, fantastic launch, very wonderful atmosphere. It was very very special to be part of that great experience. Let me celebrate Pastor Azigiza Junior, my friend Ibu Samoni, Atuafu, and Zoom Zoom Azuma Nelson. Also celebrating your birthday today, and all July bonds. I hear today that July bonds are the greatest, and they are the world changers because Mandela was born yesterday so that is for july bonds and of course all those who sent me birthday wishes last thursday you made my day it was very very wonderful coming up next is a walk with jesus and the topic is psychological aspect of homosexuality and lesbianism and the guest is jacob ishan jr international disability consultant and the host is my friend pastor atuakwa who has donated a hundred ghana cities in absentia to the age project and we are collecting it in cash from a pastor on a sunday hey thanks for joining us for this very wonderful session next week i'm going to give you more information about the festival of ideas building up to be the biggest gathering as always and the most influential gathering of ghana's business leaders the number to call if you want information about the festival of ideas and you want a concept paper emailed to you at no cost just the full details of everything you want to know about the festival of ideas send an email to info at legacy and legacy.com.gh or call 024-9999555 just ask for a concept paper or just simply even even better send us a whatsapp with your email address and we'll just email you the concept paper. You can send it to 024-9999555 and we'll happily send you the concept paper about the Festival of Ideas. Till we come your way again, God bless you. God bless you and God bless you. My name is Reverend Albert Okran. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N.E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-9900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com Amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, 
Always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,